You're listening to Tarot Talk, and I'm your host, Holly Ramey. I'm going to serve you some practical magic and give you tips and tools to bring the mystical into your everyday life. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number 26 of Tarot Talk. I'm your host, Holly Ramey, and I'm super excited to be sitting down with Debbie Delaney today. She is the founder of Romani Botanicals, which is a gorgeous online apothecary of herbal and floral magic and medicines. She's a mama. She's a grandmama. She's a hedge witch. She's a painter, a shamanic practitioner. Um, She's many things. She is a high priestess, an empress, an earth goddess. I could go on and on, but I'm going to let her give you a proper intro. Thank you so much for being here, Debbie. Polly, it's my pleasure. Um, that was a really lovely introduction. <laughs> Thank you. I'm a little blushing. I'm <laughs> blushing. Um, yeah, I, I'm very grateful that I get to do all of those things. And every day there's magic afoot. Um, I have enjoyed being on this journey. Um, it's been longer than I, than I would actually admit, I think. But business-wise and um, as far as sharing with others, I've probably been on this journey for about between five and seven years. Um, I was a painter. I've always been a painter before that, but that was my work and that was my practice. And now all I do is work with with plants and with herbs and land energies. And... um, I love talking about it, so please ask me whatever you want to know. I will be delighted to share. Okay. Well, I think the first question I have is just like, when you started using and making herbal medicine, when you really, where and when in your life you started to feel that call? Um. There was a a very distinct time. Um, I had moved to Nashville. I was in my late 40s and certainly knew that um, I was going to be embarking on a different path for myself work-wise. And I really wanted to learn how to take care of myself um, using herbal uh, remedies I was going to go starting to go through changes in my body, um, menopause, and I didn't want to go, you know, to the doctor and do any kind of hormone treatment or anything like that. And I I wasn't having um, crazy symptoms, but I thought I just I just know that there are ways that I can, um, you know, have an easier journey. Mm -hmm. And so I went to. our favorite tea shop, the High Garden. And it was when they were just tiny, tiny. They were a tiny little incubator shop at the end of my street. And um, I signed up for a class in herbs for women. And it was taught by a woman called Lisa Bedner, who's a, a Native American medicine woman. And I went to her class and I was immediately um, just kind of transported, if you like. That's that's the word I would use because it felt to me 
very much like work I had done either in previous lifetimes or the women of my lineage had certainly done this work because I felt it in my bones and I was immediately just hooked and I thought this is so important for me and I, I just couldn't get enough of it. And so I started taking, I started learning how to make um, remedies for myself and I got through um, the sort of initial it's not really a feeling of it's not it's not really anxiety it's just oh my gosh you know I really need to know how to do this properly um, or I might poison myself or I might do this or I might do more harm than good but in actual fact it's so much gentler and so much simpler than you would ever imagine and so you just you kind of re I relaxed it into it and I got very good advice from this teacher and just started making simple remedies for myself. I made nettle tea and I made oat straw tea and I took um, shatavari root and I made Damiana um, infusions as well. And every day I was taking these things and I would, it was very important and very special when I made the brews every day and then they would <clears throat> steep overnight and then I would drink them the following day. And it always just felt like such a magical experience to be um, infusing my body with, with plant medicine. And in about 100 days, I was starting to feel very comfortable with everything that I was doing. And I didn't have any symptoms of menopause i didn't have hot flashes i didn't um have you know crazy mood swings and i just gently kind of cruised through it over the next several years but during that time um i also wanted to further my education and my knowledge and i wanted to learn you know more 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 so i took a an online course with the chestnut school of herbal medicine in north carolina loved that um, and again, I, I took from that the pieces that resonated with me. I took from that <clears throat> the things I wanted to learn about. I didn't say I have to know everything. I've got to know how to make all these things. Um, that was never my, my intention. And so I think I did myself a huge favor because I didn't get overwhelmed by the workload. I didn't get overwhelmed with, um, needing to get from one module to the next. And I did, I did all the modules and I did really, really well. I was a far better student than I was when I was young. Um, but the things that stayed with me are the things that you know, have stuck with me now. And I think that's um, one of the messages that I definitely would get across today is not to, if you're interested in getting involved in this work, um, just pick six even just six herbs and know everything that you can about them, you know, go deeper with the plant spirit medicine as well as their um, healing and medicinal properties. And, <clears throat> you know, just know everything that you can rather than saying, well, I'm going to learn everything I need to know about every herb because the chances are you're not going to use half, you know, you're probably not even going to use a tenth of, of the herbs that are available to us out there. And so um, my other guidance would be just to 
to get to know what's right outside your front door, what's growing in your in your garden, the front garden, the back garden, whatever is there, because it's generally there because you need it. That's why. And I've learned that more and more and more. And even having moved back to North Carolina recently, um, there, are, there are all new wildflowers here and herbs growing and wildlings, as we like to call them, and flowers in the garden. And they're all things that I've not, um, not that I'm not necessarily familiar with, but I'm learning about them. You know, what's here? It's like new neighbors, new friends right here. Um, but that's really how I got started. And as I say, then it just became this runaway train <clears throat> and I, I couldn't stop learning. And it was books about this and books about that and more teachers and, um, and a whole new way of living and a whole new way of being in relationship to everything, the trees, the flowers, the plants. I worked on a, um, a CSA farm in Nashville for two years and then I worked on a flower farm for the following two years. And all of that was all part of um, the journey that got me to where I am today, mm. for sure. I have so many like sub questions <laughs> about flowers. But before I get into kind of talking specifically about some of the plants that you work with and the herbal medicines that you make, um, I want to say two things. One, I just want to tell the listeners out there, um, if they're not familiar with Nashville, Tennessee, the shop that you're referring to is called High Garden. It was recently completely destroyed in a tornado and they, uh, they are amazing. And um, they have a GoFundMe that I'll include in the show notes. So if you want to contribute to um, their GoFundMe for them to rebuild, you can. Um, also, I wanted to ask before we dive into all the plant stuff, mm. first, where you grew up, what the land was like there, and if you felt like there is some influence in like your childhood or your earlier years um, that like led you to plant medicine now. I think that is an excellent question and i've thought a lot about that in the last five years especially um so yes i grew up in the southwest of england um the county of somerset it's where glastonbury is i grew up very about 20 miles from there um i grew up in a place called bath which is a roman city and so there's an awful lot of ancient um ancient tradition, lots of myth, lots of lore, um, beautiful countryside. And I lived there in that area until I was about 21. And that's when I moved to the United States. Um, so my, my learning years were in England. And just as a, you know, a traditional education as any other, um, you know, young girl would have had, I've thought more and more recently about um, one teacher that I had. She was actually the headmistress of a very small school that my sister and I went to at one point. And it was so important every day 
for her to take us all outside and we would walk, we'd go on nature walks. And the thing, I wish that I had, you know, paid more, <laughs> paid better attention at the time, but the magic of that time absolutely resonates with me still. And I think about all the things that we used to find. In springtime, homework was, you know, go home, go out in your garden or go out in the woods and bring back to school tomorrow, you know, a, flower, a wildflower, a skeleton of a leaf, um, maybe the, the shell of a snail, something. There were specific, specific things that she knew were out there and she knew that we could find them. Mm. And it was just, and it was called the nature table. And so there was always a nature table in the classroom and um, it didn't have to be homework days. It didn't have to be um, assignments. But if you found something in your garden, it's like, oh my gosh, I have to bring this in. I have to share at the nature table. And those sorts of things um, are not, they, they don't, they're not allowed to happen in schools anymore. Not as far as I'm aware. They certainly weren't in my daughter's schools when they were growing up. And um, and things like learning about the moon cycles, you know, the moon's up there. Um, it's something that we see all the time, and yet it was never part of our, our teachings here. But in England, it was. We did learn about the moon. Um, and we learned so much about caring for the earth and... Um, and being in, re in relation to it. We learned about trees. We learned about tree names. Still to this day, I can go to England and I can remember, I know all the tree species, mm. and, but that's not the case for me here. I have to ask. Mm. Some of them, a lot of them I know now, obviously, but in 35 years, you would have thought um, that I would have kept that um, mm. interest. But but it took me, um, you know, getting back, getting back into being involved with nature and living in relation with, with trees, with plants, with flowers, with the animals, with the land. Um, that has brought it all back in, into much closer focus um, than certainly when I was in my 30s and early 40s. I have always been a gardener. I've always gardened. I've always loved flowers. I've always painted flowers. That's always been my passion. Um, so that part of it was always close, but not not this close, mm. not like it now. And it's if you were to ask my husband, it's it's become a little bit of a problem because um, because you know I won't pull a weed without you know feeling like my <laughs> tearing my heart out or you know cutting a limb off a branch or you know all of that stuff it just becomes so much you become so much more connected um it's you know it feels like you're hurting a child or you're hurting another person and so that's something I kind of need to to put into balance a little bit better than I have now um but absolutely where I came from um the you know the English people the the traditions the Celts the Vikings, all of those ancient, ancient people, um, they, the bones of those people, just as they are here, are in, um, they're in the ground, you know, beneath the feet that you walk there. And England is a very, it's a tiny, tiny country. Um, I want to say somebody told me at one point that it's, it's only the size of the state of North Carolina. So it's not a big, it's not a big country. It's, 
populated, heavily populated, but there's still so much countryside, wide open spaces, and obviously all the sacred sites that have been there for thousands, tens of thousands of years are just potent, potent places. So I've been very fortunate in the last five years um, to have been able to, to go back to England more often, to see my family. And while I've been there, I have um, spent lots of time in Glastonbury, for instance. I go, I try to go there for a couple of days every time I go home. And I'll go to the, the medicine garden in the, the abbey ruins there. They call it a physic garden. And I'll, you know, pick a little, a few leaves of, of sage or, or the rosemary from that garden and put it in my purse and bring it back here. And it's, it's here on my altar. And that to me, um, it kind of glo closes the gap mm. between um, the countries. I've moved three times across the Atlantic and that's been also part of my journey, learning how to belong wherever I am. Even though my roots are there, my children and my grandchildren are here, my husband is here, my life is here, my garden is here. Um, and I think having had that, the closer connection to where I grew up um, in, you know, as a woman in, in my 50s, it has, as I say, it's brought everything closer together. I don't feel the separation that I used to feel before. Mm. Now, I know that you um, are heavily influenced by shamanic and Native American practices and you incorporate that into your work. Um, and you also have this connection and tie to the um, the kind of Celtic wheel and the pagan witches who were most likely your ancestors. Um, how do you weave that all together? Well, I've been weaving um, a lot over the last few years and I felt <clears throat> at first it felt almost wrong for me to to try and bring any um, Celtic or pagan traditions into my into my garden or into my work, even though that's you know that's the my DNA that's the the root of who I am. When I live in a place, especially where I am now, I'm living in Cherokee country. There's no question about um, you know the spirits of the land here. But what I realized <clears throat> um, was that indigenous people, wherever they were, whatever land they lived upon, um, they held, they hold such similar beliefs and similar traditions. And um, you know, a medicine, a, me a Celtic wheel or a, um, a medicine wheel. Uh, they're, they're the same. The, symbolically, they're the same. The circle has been a sacred symbol for forever. And um, indigenous people know that. It's, it's been used forever and ever. And it doesn't matter how, it's, um, how you manifest that in, um, in real life. And so my, my dream and it's actually coming closer and closer to being something that um, that I believe I'm going to um, co-create here, because I have the land to do it. Is to is to create a medicine wheel garden that will um, also be a sacred circle. Mm. 
um, using stones, big stones. And I've actually, um, I live in a place in the mountains of North Carolina on three and a half acres. Um, it, has, it has shown itself to be so full of magic. And that's why I was pulled and drawn here right from the get-go. It was, it was waiting for me. Um, and anyway, I'm off on a tangent there, but I've already been outside and asked out loud for the stones that want to be in this circle to, to come forward. And they have, Holly, they are coming forward. These giant stones are appearing, you know, we're doing some clearing We're, um, you know, cutting back some stuff, years and years of neglect and overgrown. And it's, suddenly there's another giant stone that says, Hey, pick me. I want to be in the circle. And so it will be, um, I just think it's going to be the most beautiful circle for, for celebration, for ritual, for ceremony. Even if it's just me that goes and sits in the middle of it, it's going to be such a powerful uh, symbol to have here on this land. And I honestly believe that the, the spirits of the land here um, are, are witnesses to what I'm doing and they're absolutely supportive and helping me. Um, and the, the, the things that have happened since I, in the short time that I've lived here, we've owned this place for a little over a year, but we've lived here for six months. Mm -hmm. and it's just, it's incredible what, um, they're just gifts every day. It's like, oh, you asked for this, here it is. And the, you know, the water that runs through here and what just blew my mind earlier today when I was looking for some some things that I had written a couple of years ago was that I actually did um, a shamanic journey in 2017, May of 2017, and I wrote about it. And it was about this place. And I didn't realize that I had, I hadn't had the recollection of this, of having this journey, but I read the notes. And I wrote about this place and it was exact to the point even where, where the, um, the, the, the mountain spring comes out of the ground and runs through the garden here. It was astonishing. And so, it, again, everything feels like it's coming full circle. It's like the spiral. Oh, we've, you've already done this. The, the medicine wheel is already built. Um, you've already lived in this place, you know, lifetimes and lifetimes ago. Who knows? I mean, who knows? But not a day goes by where I'm just not, you know, my fin's on the ground and I can't believe that I've, you know, I've dreamt about this or I've read about it and written about it myself. And, um, and all of this honestly began when I moved um, to Nashville. That's, that was the portal. That's where it all began. It's where for the first time I wasn't living close to my children. Um, which was really tough, but massive growth happened during that time for them and for me. And I had time to not be distracted by, you know, what their needs were or how, you know, I needed to be with them or see them. And I spent a lot of time alone. And that's when all of my practices deepened. And, um, and I, uh, it's, it, I'm not recognizable even to myself these days but I still write every day as much as I can um, 
I like to document everything that happens on the day that it happens because I know that a year from now or five years from now I can go back and read that and say whoa mm. that happened um keep asking me questions Holly because I literally I could talk for a week about all of this <laughs> <laughs> well tell me because you just started on that and I think that you do have um an enviable, in my opinion, practice. Um, and, and you've told me a little bit about it in the, in the past. And um, I guess I'll preface this by letting the listeners know that we met here in Nashville. Um, I was a new mom. I had done a moon ceremony at a local business. It was one of the first that I had offered here and you came and we became immediate friends and you in, immediately brought me into your plant magic medicine and invited me to your home for tea. Um, and you had told me about your personal practice and kind of like your morning ritual. Um, yeah. So can you speak a little bit? Mm -hmm. to that? Sure. Um, you know, for the first time in my life, I um, was alone in a city where I didn't know anyone. And um, I, my writing practice, my morning pages, as I call them, I had been doing that for many years prior, but I, I had, had a whole room to myself where I could do it. And um, I have also been working with the tarot for a long, long time, not as a, a reader for others, but as a, you know, as a, I, I hate to use the word tool. I just hate it. But as, um, as guidance for myself, you know. And tarot has, has been my friend for a really long time. And I love the tarot and I have lots of tarot decks and there are, you know, there would be one that, that would all, the one that only comes with me to England. And there's one that would always just stay here in the mountains. And of course now everything is here, but, um, my morning always started. I would never, I wouldn't speak to anyone. I would write, make my tea, do my writing, um, do my tarot card for the day. and and then be on my way. And if that meant that I got up at four o'clock in the morning because I was going to the flower farm, then that's what I did. But that has always been um, my ritual. And it's just, it's been fascinating again to kind of follow that journey and see how, um, how my understanding and my, um, my interpretations have changed over the years as well. And I'm sure you've found that too. It's, you know, what was right for me 10 years ago has a completely different meaning now. And the more I have become um, involved with the tarot as a, it's like another part of me. It's, it's another part of my psyche. Um, I learn more about myself and I promise you that they, a card that I might draw tomorrow that I drew five years ago will have an entirely different meaning. And that's what's so beautiful, beautiful about um, acknowledging the, the evolution of times in your life and where you are. Um, I was a single mum for, for a while when my children were little, they were three and five. And, um, and then I remarried. Um, and, but again, you know, the girls lived with me and so, and I worked full time. Um, I was self-employed. And so my life was very different then than it is now. And that's the case for everyone. You know, by the time I was, I had my children when I was pretty young, but you get to a point where um, 
where you get to learn about to, you know who you are and I didn't know who I was when I was 20 I'd moved here I moved to a different country um, had my children and so again you know in my late 40s um, mid to late 40s I'm suddenly <clears throat> not needed in the same way that I was and so I was in a position to say okay what what are the things that I absolutely love and these these were things um, all the, the things that I practice are I believe absolutely part of who I've always been um, but they were certainly not encouraged none of it not even really my painting was encouraged as when, when I was young um, and so it's always I always felt like I was sort of you know pulling an elephant dragging an elephant uphill when you you really want to do all these things but you're being told to do other things that don't resonate with you at all and um and so i know that people who who either meet me now um that i knew 30 years ago say well debbie's really different but you know what in a good way she's who she's meant to be and um, talking about the tarot or herbal medicine or shamanic journeys they're not conversations that you can have with just anyone it would be nice and it's definitely <laughs> it's, de it's definitely becoming more more acceptable and more mainstream you know we've had we've had some contractors coming into our cabin lately to do some some work and I'm thinking oh God, do I have to move all my crystals and my cards and my this and my that? And I thought, actually, no, mm -hmm. I'm not. This is what I do. Um, this is my apothecary room where I'm sitting now. And these are my herbs. This is my cupboard. And most of the time, actually, I found now that um, people are genuinely interested and they walk in, they're like, oh, there's a really cool energy in here. I want to know what is it that you're doing? What are those things? Mm -hmm. And even the little children next door, um, my neighbors, the kids come in and they're, they're fascinated. And so I'm teaching them. I'm telling them, I'm asking whatever questions they want to know. They, they came down one morning, um, early morning after it was a full moon and I had had all my crystals outside on a big stone by the pond and, Nobody's allowed to touch them. And they came down and they were like, oh, Miss Debbie, Miss Debbie, what are all these things? Did you find all these things? And I said, no, I didn't find them all. But, um, but it was just, it was very matter of fact to say they've been outside under the full moon so that they can be cleared and recharged and they're very potent. Please don't touch them. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that part of it, it's, it's all of the work, Holly, just like you know, it's um, everything has meaning, everything holds magic. And I, um, I shouldn't be surprised every day, but I am surprised every day. Something happens or there'll be a message, there'll be an animal that shows up and, or a flower. And I'll think, hmm, instead of just walk, cruising past, I'm able to stop and say, why are you here? You know, what do you, what do you have? You have a message for me. I know you do. Mm. And what I loved, loved, loved about um, last spring, this time last year, 
I had no idea <clears throat> what was growing here on this land. I knew that the garden had been tended by somebody long time ago, the lady who created it. And I've since found out about her a little more. She's no longer living, but I found out more because I wanted to know. Because um, I could feel her energy here. Anyway, I was looking at um, looking around the garden last spring and everywhere I could see all these lilies were coming up and irises. They were everywhere. Thousands, tens of thousands of them. And I looked up the medicine of that and um, it was, I wrote it down. Um, oh my gosh, Holly, it was amazing. It said, um, the medicine of Lily is that she shouts, create woman, create. <laughs> It gives women, they give women permission to be women and, you know, untamed and wild and free. And I thought this is absolutely perfect. This is exactly what I wanted to hear from here. And so even my very first springtime here in this brand new place, this brand new garden. Um, but that's why I was brought here. So again, it wasn't a surprise that every flower jumped out and said, you know, me, 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 I have something to tell you. Um, but it was so encouraging mm. to know that I have all these all these new friends, and um, and that's that's how it feels to me. They're all they're all new friends, and to see them coming up again this year um, is even more um, potent because uh, because I know why they're there for me, and I know, and it's a reminder. Debbie, create woman, <laughs> creating whatever it is. Don't stop. I felt um, the last couple of weeks in this kind of flat space a little bit. I'm sure many of us have. Um, but I was reminded today, again, that in the flat space is where the most action is happening. That's where things are really churning beneath the surface. And so I'm keeping very much on my path and... Um, I believe that the, you know what we're going through right now on in in the world and on the planet is um, confirmation that everything I've been working towards for the last ten twelve years has got me to this point where all of this is going to matter so much more mm. and to be able to to teach and just the simplest parts of it it doesn't have to be complicated um to the little ones you know to my grandchildren to my neighbor's kids whoever wants to know um and teaching them how to be in correct and right relationship with with everything that's living and everything here knows it knows me um I get, you know, I'll get brushed by a tree as I'm walking past or, you know, a bird will show up and it's about paying attention to all of those things. And I know you already know that, mm -hmm. um, but it is a different way of living and it's a different way of being. And there's, once you're in it, there's, there's no way of going back to being any other way. I think, I think about that a lot. I think, um, it's one of the things that's given me hope during this time and this this crisis and um i wonder well i don't wonder i know the earth needs a break um 
I know we've lost the deep connection that we once had with her. And I remember too, like in my bones, that there has always been a way in which we we used to be in such deep and close relationship. And we were talking before we pushed record about just a few things that like I've started doing, which is just like only buying from local shops and local farmers and, and planting herbs and, and that I, I will make medicine with myself and foraging violets in the yard to make a heart chakra body oil and using, you know, some of the chickweed and the, the purple dead nettle and the stuff that's just like growing wild in my yard and my salad. These are things we could have done always. Always. Um, But we're starting to do them now because we're forced to do them now. Um, And what my hope is, is that this is an opportunity for us to begin right relationship again with the earth. Um, And I was wondering as an herbalist and, and just as a, as a woman who's so deeply connected with, with earth energy. Um, and you know, I'm an Aries and a Libra and I have like no earth in my chart and it's something that I've always longed for. Um, how does it feel for you, this COVID crisis? How does this, the energy of it, the energy of the collective is so intense now? Like, how are you feeling? Right. Oh, all of those things. Um, Holly, as I said to you earlier, um, I've been s- sort of on these waves of feeling such deep sadness and lots and lots of women are feeling, you know, what, what can be just only really be described as grief for, you know, those that are dying, um, those that are unwell, but also um, just this sadness um and i think it's ancient sadness this isn't new sadness this isn't sadness for for the for the virus or sadness for you know the fact that things are very different right now because they need to be very different and i'm you know i'm a firm believer that this is absolutely a rebalancing agent that this had to happen and that everything is going to be so amazing when we come out the other side but we are in the eye of the storm right now there's no question and um you know forefathers foremothers they all were so deeply connected to the land they didn't have clocks they didn't have internet they didn't have anything they had the land the trees the animals the plants the herbs the moon the sun that's that that was their life and that's how they lived and they were so deeply connected to the earth and lived close to the earth and to each other and those were the times when um you know in the indigenous people the plants spoke to the people the animals spoke to the people and you know over millennia we've we've lost that we don't even know how to listen to anything all we listen to is ourselves and I think this is going to bring us back into deeper connection um, with everything that lives. And I made a comment yesterday to my husband, and a lot of people have noticed this as well, I and mean, it's not rocket science, but spring, this happened in springtime when everything is just 
you know, in abundance and bursting through the ground. And what's happening in our world is happening in their world, but they're not fussed by the virus. They're not affected by it. Um, and that's the beauty. None of everything out there, none of that is going to, is going to be altered, but we are going to become so much closer and notice and become quieter and stiller, more still in ourselves. And that's the world that I want. That's the world that I wish for. And my card for the week last week was the nine of cups, which is obviously the wish card. And so I made, <laughs> I made a point Oh my gosh, Holly, I have to share this with you. I went outside, I have a special, special place in the garden here um, that it's the most beautiful, um, it's a spring, but it's a pond that's filled naturally from the spring. So in the summertime, it's, um, it's empty, but it's in the shape of a, of, a, of, a, of a vagina, of a vulva. It's the most beautiful part of the garden and it's got this lovely moss growing around it. Anyway, I have a stone there and I sit. And so I sat and I brought some gifts to the water. I brought some rose quartz crystals, three of them, and three amethyst crystals, and three drops of um, a flower essence from the Chalice Well Garden in Glastonbury. And everything was in threes. Oh, three white roses I put in the water. And I sat there and it was a little bit, it was raining. The raindrops were, were falling into the water, but really, really slowly. And it was like every drop that fell created this beautiful ripple. And it was like a prayer. Each one landed just like a prayer. And it was the most beautiful, beautiful experience. And it was, um, and I put three copper pennies in there because it was, the, it felt like it was the wishing well. Mm. And that's it. I sat and I, and my intentions, um, because it was um, it was new moon as well. My intentions were all about you know what I would wish for the planet and what I would wish for my immediate family and my immediate community, and then the ripple effect of all of that. And I just believe that everything starts from yourself, right from home, and just goes on out and out and out. And if we can do that, um, it, it will be incredible the world will be an incredible place on the on the outside and i'm not suggesting <laughs> that it's going to be sunshine and roses all the way through i think it's going to be really really tough mm -hmm. for a while but that's why we have to stay learning learn about the things that really need to be to be learned about and whatever your practice is and if you don't have a practice if you don't have a ritual then you know, buy an oracle deck, do something that you want to, you know, start something new and say, I don't know anything about this. And you don't have to know anything about any of it. And that's the other thing about plant medicine is so much of it, um, all of it, I would say, is, is intuitive. You don't have to read what it says in the book, um, mm. that this is what this flower's medicine is, because the flower may be bringing you a different medicine. Mm. And... And then you could say, well, maybe I'm making it up in my head. Well, maybe you are. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if, that's what your, if that's what your heart says that you need and it's the violet that's bringing it to you or the lily or whatever it is, then, then do that. And then you will learn to trust what your soul 
wants you to know and and i think that's part of how so much of this got forgotten was because we were taught you know differently well this is the way that it is and um and no you don't have a mind and you don't have a thought and you don't have intuition um and this these are the rules and so when you when you get locked into that and that's what you're taught in school um i think it's actually fantastic that the kids are all out of school right now i think it's going to be the best thing ever um because they will um I think they're going to learn the things that they need to learn and it won't be any of the things that are on the curriculum. Mm -hmm. Sorry, that was a ballsy thing to say, but I believe it <laughs> to be true. I, I definitely feel like one of the cards from an Oracle deck that I use that I've been pulling is expand time. Mm. And, and the message is that time is being expanded for us now. Yes. Do just that to learn the things we need to learn. And it's like, and if and we're being haunted by our own ghosts by the shadow that we were able to keep disassociating from because we were busy so we're so yeah. busy with our lives yeah. and now <laughs> it's like get to come back to these more yeah. practices of just being present and not putting so much value on productivity all the time yeah um, and i think you mentioned the grief and I think we all feel it, or anyone who's listening to this podcast is feeling it. Um, and I think it's the grief too of like of that feminine, of the mm -hmm. of that of feminine for so long, for so long. Yeah, and that's that was my my thought yesterday. Was this isn't you know this isn't my grief necessarily, um, but I am feeling it, and this is this is old old grief, old wounds, and and my the word I said to myself was when I feel like I need to cry, then I need to cry because if I'm holding it inside, then it's not going to get released. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I, you know, I will, I will practice that. I don't care who I am, where I am or who sees me. Um, nobody for social distance. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's perfect. I can cry anytime I want because there's no one to see me. <laughs> that's perfect. Holly, that's perfect. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but yes, you know, it's the, it's the perfect gateway to find, um, to bring in new practices. It's like, oh my gosh, I never had time to do that before. Well, you have plenty, you have nothing but time right now. Um, and to, and if, if any if women are anything like me which i think they are we're all sponges we find if there's one thing that that you know lights a flame inside you it's like oh my gosh and that's when you know that you've done this before somebody in your line knows about this and you know it and it it just it's a spark it's a trigger and pay attention to that and follow it follow that little thread because that that's what leads you to your purpose i'm absolutely convinced of that it's like don't don't be afraid and don't poo-poo it and say oh you know that was just a silly little whim mm. no these all these things are were always so vital to the the medieval people it was vital that's how they were told anything. Um, that's why they created their, their Celtic wheels and their 
tree calendars and um you know we, we haven't even touched on the the gypsies but i'm fascinated by the gypsy people that's where my the name for my business romany romany botanicals came from because the romanies were the gypsies they were the herbalists they were the they were the tarot card readers they were the the women who read the tea leaves um and told people's fortunes because they were psychic they were intuitive they knew um they knew and people were afraid of them and that's why they were so persecuted and so you know badly treated um similar to the witches <laughs> it's exactly right it's exactly right but look at the resurgence of of witches and hedge witches and people who you know we've always been there we've always been there and uh, you know our our mothers and our grandmothers had it, but they weren't able to express it. Um, and that's been an interesting, um, an interesting journey. But the more of these women who come, you know, who come forward and practice, um, the, the more powerful it becomes, because mm -hmm. it really is. Um, work that everybody um needs to know and needs to you know remember mm -hmm. i like what you said as well about um herbalism and like going with whatever plant you feel drawn to and your intuition takes you to and yeah. it made me think about how overwhelming working with plant medicine has always felt to me and i think one of the reasons for that is because i approached it with such a western kind of egoic like what will this plant do for me what symptom yeah. will this plant cure and it's not that's not the way that this system is developed it's an intuitive um mm -hmm. kind of wise woman practice mm -hmm. um, and it that also gives you so much more freedom of thinking of it as just like you can go on a, a spirit journey with a plant mm -hmm. even have to ingest it or take it for an illness or and it can provide you medicine even if it's just in your dreams exactly and that's that's a very important thing that you just brought up about the dreams i um have had many dreams in the past about about plants, some that I've not even recognized. And there's one in particular that I still um, have not identified. But when they come to you in a dream, there's, gen there's generally um, a very, it's, it's come for a reason, there's a message. And um, I, I like to believe that, um, I, I agree with everything that you say as far as, you know, what, what do you do? If I take you, what will you do for me? I really dislike that. And it's almost like um, choosing a friend or you've made a new friend and you're thinking, hmm, you know, if I'm your friend, what will you do for me? <laughs> and so you would never say that. You would never say that to anyone that you met. And so if you can think that way about um, a flower that shows up or a, or a herb or a, um, you know, a wild plant that is an edible and, um, I also think that they they bring different um, different qualities for different people. Um, 
I have a few that I work with that I've worked with for years and some of them are most of them actually are very um, very common you'd be surprised some of your listeners might think that's weird I thought she was going to talk about something you know outrageous and wild that we've never heard of no the the most common even culinary herbs are some of the most powerful that I've worked with um, sage for instance off the top of my head is when you plant sage in your garden, um, it's like the wise woman. It's, it's the high priestess of, of herbs, in my opinion, um, because she knows, she's the keeper of all the stories of everything that's ever happened on that piece of land where you live. And so you can, you can reconnect with that and, um, and be um, and understand about you know what happens right there where you live, which is um, goes back to my my point earlier about where you belong. Live where you live and be, and be where you belong, and learn about that instead of thinking that you need to be somewhere else or learning about another plant or herb. Learn about what you have right there in front of you. And I think that's such a beautiful practice of allowing yourself to. Um, take in the medicine of where you are and knowing even just like you said the romani people like were able to practice their magic no matter where they were they were they were um, nomadic yeah. um, and there's there's so much about um you know cultural appropriation and and you know not taking certain herbs or taking certain things from different um cultures but at the end of the day um we're all immigrants in some way <laughs> we're all from somewhere else um yeah. but we're also all where we are right now and there's yeah. some medicine that exists just in our backyards and if yeah. we can, um just take the time to get to know the yeah. land and yeah. the plants that we that we have access to there's a reason like you said right. Oh. So right there, open your front door or your back door and just see what is right there. Don't exclude anyone. And, um, and you know, the one point I did want to say is that there are different ways of working with the plants. You don't have to take them in tea um, or, you know, make a, an oil or a poultice. You can, you know, I sleep with mugwort every night for so many reasons. And she's one of my, you know, oldest grandmother, her friends. Um, you can put them in the bath. You can just have them in your house, mm. in a vase, on your, you know, on your table. Have, have it by your bed. You can um, bathe. Obviously, I said that. Um, you can you can make mandalas outside. You can. There's all sorts of different ways that you can become, you know, in connection with plants and flowers. It doesn't have to be um, if you, you know. It doesn't have to be something you put in your body and absolutely pay attention to the ones that come in your dreams. I've had the most bizarre experiences with that, but they've always, I thought they were bizarre at the time, but they have always been absolutely spot on. And I love it when I wake up and I've had a dream about a plant. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> and I can't wait to, you know, learn about it and, um, and see what happens. And sometimes I'll read for days and I'll, none of this resonates. It doesn't make any sense. And then six months later, oh, that's what you were trying to tell me. So there's, it's, they're way, way smarter. And they're, they're friends and allies and teachers um, 
and they know so much more than we'll ever know. Well, I want to ask you so many more questions, but we're about at time. So we're going to have to do a second podcast where we talk about your shamanic practices and more about your flower essences too. Sure. But I wanted you to um, just let the listeners know how they can find you, um, your online shop, all of that information. Okay. Um, every, I, I have tried to, um, I incorporate always something that I have grown into every one of my products that I make. And I have two products actually that are 100% made with um, what I have um, grown herb wise all my flower essences are made from flowers that I have grown in my own garden with the exception of one which is a wild rose um, I can be contacted um, through my website which is um, romanybotanicals.com r-o-m-a-n-y b-o-t a-n-c-i-a-l-s.com and um, an email debbie, debbie at romanybotanicals.com, D-E-B-B-I-E. Um, I'd love to answer any questions, um, especially about the products. I have 13 flower essences, and um, there may be questions around that because flower essences are very different to herbal medicine because they're a vibrational remedy. Um, it's not a fragrance. Um, mm. It's not something that you can smell, but um, that's explained also. I think one of my blogs on my website talks about um, yeah. flowers. I read it before we <laughs> got and I, yeah Holly I'd love to talk to you another time about yeah. all of that that would be great. like I said I could talk about this for a week or two I weeks I know um, well I'll link all of that information um, so you can click it easily in the show notes and find Debbie Debbie it's been so lovely to chat with Thank you, you. I thank you so much for sharing your energy and your wisdom thank you. and all of the listeners. It definitely felt like medicine for my soul and just so nice during this I time. Loved yeah. I loved talking to you, Holly. And as I say, you know, being dropping into this space, just this medicine for me too. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Debbie, and I look forward to speaking with her again. She has so much amazing medicine and wisdom for us all, and I'm excited to hop into the full moon forecast with you. I pulled a really amazing spread. Before we jump into that, just a few announcements. Um, I want to thank everyone out there who has booked a virtual session and reading with me, who has donated to my um, Instagram page and videos uh, via Venmo, who has uh, supported the podcast um, via Anchor and Venmo. Your support means so much during this time. So I just wanted to thank you all for doing that. And um, 
yeah, if you'd like to, uh, the info for that is in my show notes. Uh, every, every little bit helps, right? So even just a dollar or two means, uh, it all adds up and it helps support my work, um, during this time, which, and I know that so many of you, um, are also struggling financially and and having to deal with job loss and, um, so many other factors. And I am putting out a lot of free content on my Instagram page and I am doing my best to help hold space for the collective and, and provide some tips and tools to help you all stay balanced and just create space for whatever it is we're going through. And we're all going through different things at different times and the emotional ebb and flow of these past few weeks has been so severe. Um, and so just knowing that I'm here in the trenches with you all and, uh, really grateful for your support. And if you need support, I am doing all of my, my sessions now via zoom conferencing. And, uh, for those who need it, I do have payment plans and sliding scale rates available. So, uh, just Don't be afraid to shoot me a DM, shoot me an email, let me know what you need. And uh, I hope to uh, be a a space holder during this time. So that being said, I do have a few things coming up uh, this week. My Sacred Wheel Tarot course is beginning for the full moon. So I'm going to send out the first video on Monday, April 6th. And uh, registration, I was going to close it on the 5th, but a few of you have asked if I can keep it open. So I'm going to keep it open through the first week. Um, So for another week, you can sign up and then I'll close it before the second video releases. And what this is, is weekly videos. So it's a digital course, meaning that you you can do the videos at any pace you want, but I'll be releasing week by week for eight weeks. And it's a really comprehensive deep dive into the tarot and not only just the meaning of the cards but kind of a framework and a foundational um, knowledge that I laid down for you and how I uniquely view the tarot through the lens of the chakra system and the elements and um, masculine and feminine energy and all of these things and my goal is to create this foundation for you to really be able to trust your intuition and be able to read the cards without your guidebook and just develop a really solid practice for either yourself or being interested in reading for others. Um, it's all in there. There's uh, medi- medicine for everyone, whether you're a total beginner or you are more of an intermediate and you want to go deeper into your own practice and maybe start reading for others. Um, there's information in there about spreads and track uh, more practical tools for how to access the intuition and read the cards from that viewpoint. And um yeah, I'm going to do weekly Q and A. So you'll have access to me for when you have questions. And then I'm going to do a closed private group messaging for um, you to connect with other people taking the course and to the larger community of readers that I have access to. So if you're interested in that, it begins on the 6th, but you can sign up anytime this week of the full moon. And that is the sacred wheel tarot course. The info is linked in the show notes or on my website. Again, if you need some payment 
plan options, just shoot me an email. And um, yeah, this is an eight-week course, so it's a deep dive. What else do I have? My full moon yin and restorative workshop on Tuesday evening is going to be a 75-minute class of yin and restorative yoga. I'm going to offer some breath work. I'm going to offer some Reiki distance healing to you all and really just do something that's super nourishing and relaxing for the nervous system. Full moon energy can be more intense. It's illuminating. The gravitational pull of the full moon is strong. Sometimes I have a hard time falling asleep on full moon nights. So I wanted to offer a practice to help ground and invoke the relaxation response. So that's on Tuesday the 7th. It's going to be at 8.15 p.m. Central on Zoom. And again, you can sign up on my site. Okay, you guys. So let's start looking into the energy of this upcoming full moon in Libra. Full moons, like I said, are when the moon is brightest, when we see it in its fullness in the sky. And to me, they really represent a time of release. I like to use full moons to kind of reflect on whatever is standing in the way of me manifesting the intentions I set on the new moon and how I can use the energy of that full moon to illuminate any shadow, anything in the unconscious I wasn't aware of, and um, offer it up for release. And so I pulled a six-card spread for us, um, but it's really a 12-card spread because I have a, a card from the Oracle deck, the Liminal Space, and the Way Home Tarot as well. And um, let's just dive right in. So for mind, body, and spirit, consciousness, unconsciousness, higher consciousness, I've pulled in conscious mind, invisibility mode with the wheel of fortune reversed. And what this is telling me is that this is similar to, I think I pulled the wheel of fortune reversed in the new moon spread as well. And, you know, I think this is really relating to not only the opportunity for us to break out of a karmic cycle, but also um, just this feeling we have of not being fortunate, right? In the Wheel of Fortune Reverse, we can feel um, like we are at the bottom of the wheel, like we can't see things clearly. Um, and I think it really reflects the uncertainty of these times and, the, and also just the worry that we have about our actual fortune, about our actual abundance, about um, how we're going to continue to create in the future uh, stability for ourselves and how this is going to affect not only us personally, but also the, the economy and the global economy. But invisibility mode is very much in the in the liminal space deck, uh, referred to as a period of recovery and of extreme vulnerability, right? And I think we can all feel just how vulnerable we are, how susceptible we are to this virus that is airborne and can stay in the air for like three hours, right? And so um, everyone is susceptible if we are not practicing these codes of social distancing, but what invisibility mode allows us to do, right, by, by quarantining, by distancing ourselves, is have self-protection, 
and have an opportunity for expedited healing. And so even though it's rife with all kinds of emotional and maybe even physical trauma, um, it can also be a time for which self-protection is needed, right? And, and for the sake of our healing. Um, and embody our unconscious. I'm pulling This Is Not a Dream with the Daughter of Wands. And this is an interesting combo because This Is Not a Dream is grounding us, asking us to ground back into reality. And I, I know even I did a collective pull on... April 1st, a few days ago, when I was like, is this an April Fool's joke? It kind of feels a little bit like a dream, right? It feels like we're like all of a sudden waking up in a movie. Um, and there are articles out there comparing this crisis to like World War II. Um, and no, it's not a dream, but it is time for us to wake up. It is time for us to wake up. And, um, you know, this card is a lot about disassociation and the way that trauma can cause disassociation. And what happens when we start to awaken to the things that we have disassociated from, from the things that we have kind of shoved off to the side, buried our head in the sand, um, because now with the Daughter of Wands, this is telling me that it's very much a time for action. This is very much a time to use our voice and to be concerned with the consequences of our actions and our inactions. And the phrase that really has kept coming to me over and over in the following in the past few weeks is like, if you're not part of the solution, then you're part of the problem. And that's from Jessica Lignato. Um, I know I've heard her say that. And it's so true right now. If you're not a part of the solution, you're a part of the problem, right? And that it, that doesn't just go for like social distancing and doing your part, but that goes for, for every decision we make, every purchase we make, right? Every, every action we take or every time we stay silent. This is a time for us to, to, to embody the daughter of wands who very much the page is a creative, um, in the wands, she is fiery and she is ambitious and she is passionate and she takes action. Um, and in spirit, I pulled the two of wands with forgiven. And I really love these cards together because the two of wands is very much this spark of, you know, the ace is the, the spark of the idea, but then when we align with that idea and we bring it into our heart and our passion, then we immediately start to manifest the people, the resources, the tools that we need to ground that idea into reality. And now can be a time for us um, to do just that, to have more I quiet time for these ideas to come through and maybe more space in our lives to take action on them. But forgiven in spirit is an interesting card. And I think it's a nod from spirit that like all is forgiven, right? This is the twos are about balance, right? And so like Mother Earth is so giving towards us and and patient with us. And she's asking us to take this time and rebalance ourselves. And that when we do so, all will be forgiven. 
And I think we need to really internalize that as well and know that we can practice forgiveness towards ourselves and towards each other. And that the way out of this isn't going to be through anger and aggressiveness and bitterness and resentment. It's going to be through forgiveness and compassion. It's going to be through the heart chakra, through love. Because even, I mean, you guys, the resentment and hatred that I felt towards Donald Trump in the last few weeks is like conversation with therapist quality, (laughs) but it's also, it's also an opportunity to look at my own wounds, right? It's also an opportunity to look at my unmet needs. It's also an opportunity to look at my grief, which is 100% underneath my anger. And, and so for all of us, Our grief is 100% underneath our our anger. And so forgiveness is a function of compassion, of heart chakra medicine. And I think it's something that we all need to practice towards ourselves, towards others, towards society. Um, In the past... I am pulling the queen of swords with perception is reality. Don't forget that. And the queen of swords is, she needs to heal her heart, you know? And she is, she is a product of trauma. And she is a product of uh, fiercely overprotecting. And her medicine is in stepping out of the the mental energy and into the heart chakra, right? And so with the queen of swords in our past, it's like, yeah, we're all walking around so fucking armored. And what what this virus, what this time is doing for us is stripping that armor away. It's exposing our soft underbelly. It's making us feel vulnerable and interdependent. Two things we've always been vulnerable and interdependent, but now all of a sudden it's exposed. And in present, I'm pulling the chariot reversed with you wished for this. And in his upright energy, the chariot is ambitious and moving forward at like an like extreme, extreme output. But in his reversal, we're being asked to stop and slow down. I don't know. I've been seeing this in every single reading over the past month as like stop and slow down, whether it's with the hermit or padded room or invisibility mode. And now here in the chariot reversed, it's like, we can't keep going like, this. We are burnt the fuck out. And like, not just capitalism, but us, we're a part of that. We are the, the, um, what do they call them? Like the spokes in the wheel. We are what keeps it turning. Um, and we can't, we can't continue to just put all of our value and all of our worth on productivity on what we can create. We are not here. We are not machines. We are vulnerable humans. We have to connect to our softness. We have to create some space for being imperfect and for just being and not doing. Because when we do and do and do and do and do, eventually 
we, we just, we end up tuning out. We end up forgetting about the nuance, um, because it's all about the next thing. And we never really find true gratification, um, because it's always, always on to the next. And we forget about simple joys. We forget about spontaneity. We forget about play. We, we forget how to do it completely. Um, we, we become hardened like the queen of swords, right? Um, the capability that she has for, for she's too hyper vigilant for any type of spontaneity. She's too, um, closed off and armored for any type of joy, for any type of play. And the card that I'm pulling with the chariot is you wished for this. And I don't know, this is a tough pill to swallow, right? Um, especially for those of us who are out here struggling or sick or worried about our loved ones or whatever it is. Like you wished for this could be a tough pill to swallow when we are facing a global trauma. And when we are having, as a collective, a trauma response. But in some ways, we laid down the foundation for these plans, right? And, and the liminal, this is a liminal space deck. Um, and what they say for this card is the thing you want more than anything else is being made manifest. Circumstances that do not support your larger intention must fall away first. There is grace in recognizing the bigger picture. You are not a victim of these circumstances. In fact, you are the architect of them. Don't you remember laying down these plans? And, you know, I pulled something similar last week. Um, I pulled the seven of pentacles in past and the nine of pentacles in present. And it was like, we fucking planted these seeds and now we're getting our harvest, right? And it's like, I, I'd never actually read those cards in, in more of a negative context, but it is very much about like, we are now reaping what we have sown. And, and you wish for that is just echoing back that message as well. You wished for this. Um, in a way we have, in a way our actions, whether conscious or unconscious, have gotten us here as individuals where we are right now in our personal lives and as a collective. What will you gain from slowing down? What will you gain for taking moments? And maybe that's all you have are moments to do things differently, to sit with what is. And it's a lot. It's a lot right now, but there are, there are ways in which we've, we've wished for it. And like, for me personally, I am, you know, we're, we're out of work. Um, my partner is not working and our income is being really challenged right now, but also like I, in a way wished for him to be home more. Um, to have this time to spend with my family. Um, in a way, I wished for the time to plant a garden in my backyard and actually have my partner here available to help me with it. In a way, I wished always to not have to shop at big grocery stores, but instead just shop local farmer's markets. Um, and so all of these things I'm doing, 
uh, because I've been forced to and because it's what's safer and uh, more accessible for me and my family. Um, And so maybe there is a way in which you can look around your life and see um, some of what you wished for being shown to you now. And finally, in the future, I pulled the Six of Pentacles with the veil is thin. And stepping into the Six of Pentacles is a nice energy. Sixes are all about balance, right? And, and Pentacles are earth. They are the material. And it's this balancing out, right? It is. And again, underneath the Two of Wands, a, a call for balance. A call for balancing how we manifest and what we manifest and why. And with the Six of Pentacles, uh, the image used on this card is of herbs, dried herbs hanging. Um, And it's it's the leftover from the harvest. And it's being dried to use throughout the year. And that's the thing. There's so much excess in this world that any problem could potentially be fixed if we redistributed all of the funds right? We could cure homelessness in our country if we redistributed the money that is being used and put into the stock market or into bailing out the fucking airlines, right? We can cause, we can, we can literally cure so many issues. And I think that we, we're all thinking about that right now. We're all thinking about like, what the, where that $2 trillion come from, right? Are we just printing this shit out? Does it have any value? What is the value? And, you know, the underprivileged are the ones that are being most affected in a virus that the privileged by traveling around the world really brought here. And we're redistributing the way that we look at the value of our community in general. Because the heroes right now are people who maybe we didn't think about much before. There are delivery drivers, there are grocery store workers, right? We weren't, we weren't pinning them up as heroes, but there's a new way of rebalancing now. There's a new way of valuing each other now. There is, like I said, a new way of looking at how interdependent we all are. And understanding the privilege we have and how instead of being ashamed of it and afraid of looking at it, we can use it to help others who aren't. Because that's really what privilege is all about, right? If you have privilege, then use it to help those that don't. And the veil is thin is the opportunity for us to connect to something beyond ourselves. And again, I'm going to read it for you. It's a common misconception that the only way something becomes real is if more than one person experiences it. And yet you are the only one hearing the whispers from beyond the veil, and they are as real as anything else. Take from this place only what you can carry in your mind and come back quickly. And so there's an opportunity to tap in to your intuition, right? To tap in when the veil is thin. We can communicate with spirit. We can sit more deeply in the feminine energy when we're not going, doing all of the time. When we're not looking forward 
when we're not constantly asking the question, what can you do for me? Right? And in its upright position, the Six of Pentacles is about generosity. But we can't truly be generous if we're operating from a standpoint of lack, if we're operating from a standpoint of always wondering, what can you do for me? And so I wonder if we can flip the switch and instead ask what we have to give. And that's not just in relation to our work. That's in our relation to our relationships, right? Asking, what do I have to offer? How can I be of service? And then moving on from there. All right, you guys. (laughs) I like this a lot. We're in a full moon in Libra. And Libra is about balance. Libra does ask us to look at the decisions we are making and really define the consequences of our action. Because Libra and justice, Libra is the justice card in the tarot, they ask us to see beyond black and white thinking and to explore the gray areas in between. It gives us the power to sit with duality. So that we can say, there is fucking chaos out there and I am scared. And in this moment, I am safe and I have all that I need. Libra gives us the opportunity, the power of the word and. And it helps us to create something that is just and fair for everyone involved. Right? Libra is we are. In the opposition sign of the sun in Aries, I am. And this is what we're looking at right now. Moving from the selfishness of Aries into the collective kind of collaborative energy of Libra. We are using the ambition and the passion of the two of wands of Aries to balance out the scales of justice of the six of pentacles. So that what we give, we get back in return. And it creates this continuous loop of abundance. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for joining and listening and um, allowing me to share these readings with you. Um, again, if you would like to support the podcast, you can do so on anchor or you can Venmo me. Um, if you would like to join me in some live offerings on zoom, check out my website. And if you like this podcast and I'd love to hear from you, what your, what your take on all this is as well, uh, shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'm posting, uh, daily cards and lots of meditations and little snippets of breath work and all kinds of things. Um, let me know how you're doing and, uh, yeah, screenshot the screenshot, the show, if you're listening to it and tag me and let me know what you, what your thoughts are. I'd love to hear them. Happy full moon in Libra full moon blessings to you all. I'll see you in a few weeks. Take care.